This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Damn these Biloxi Blues. It happens every night and I ain't every single night that could ever be a friend of mine nope summer heat never treats me kind at least trouble on my mind so I'm bidding farewell putting in my notice and I'll see you at another time sir this highway does not know my name and I don't care who don't care. Heading my way for another place, and I got three good tires and a spare. Right to the hook, right here. Just a white line, gypsy, getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there. Low budget live. The not-so-live variety from the low-budget live bar and grill here in beautiful southern Middle Tennessee. Not so beautiful today. Rainy, rainy, rainy. Finally getting some rain. And uh, it's changing, man. It's going to be cold the rest of this week. It's good to be back in the bar and grill. And I apologize, you bunch of low-lifers, this podcast. If you sit around and wait on it on Monday mornings, I am late. I am late. Uh, for good reason, though. I am late. Three episodes last week. Three episodes last week. If you didn't check the Logan Parks episode out on Friday, uh, it's the first time I've really got to to cut it up with that young man, and I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. He's got a he's got a cool uh, tournament coming up that I believe the deadline to sign up is this coming Sunday. High school and college anglers are going to pay fifteen thousand dollars. But go go check out that podcast if you didn't get to i know so many of y'all checked out the james watson because people love controversy 
and they like folks speaking their mind. And uh, so, so many of y'all, and there was a lot of, there was a lot of new low, new low lifers <laughs> that showed up. My favorite comment from the James Watson that I've seen, there's so many comments and I have been at MPFL and I've been, I've been very busy and that's why this podcast is late today. Uh, so I haven't been in, in the comments very much, uh, cause I've been working, baby. I'm working as Charlie Crockett says. Uh, but one of my favorite comments, there was a, there was a man. And of course I, I tried to, I tried to, I tried to tell you that the language was, a, was a lot from myself and from James tried to say that multiple times. And there was a man that clearly got caught up in the algorithm and landed there. And his comment was something along the lines of, he had two comments, but but the first one was very much like, what in the hell's going on? And I remember when fishing was a family affair and you could talk, uh, you could let your kids watch it, which I never said this is a family show. Not one time. And uh, he just ended up there, I guess, by accident and, and was like, oh boy, this is, this is not where I thought I was going to be. We're hearing about dogs and peanut butter and F-bombs and and uh demon duck it i don't know it was amazing to be honest and and then he says what are low lifers <laughs> and i was like i don't think you're gonna make the cut dude i don't think you're a low lifer <laughs> Whoo, lord have mercy but uh crazy week so anyways I, i'm in, Mil- in milwaukee yesterday morning flying home from mpfl and i'm recording this on early uh early monday uh october the 30th almost a halloween podcast and <laughs> left up there super early 5 a.m to fly back home and and it was a youth deer hunt yesterday and this, this past weekend tennessee i didn't get to take the boys of course it was 90 degrees didn't get to take them on saturday so rider man decided he still wanted to go yesterday afternoon so we did that so there's no podcast recorded and uh, spent some time with family watching football. And then he and I went and got in the woods and uh, spent a nice afternoon sweating it out, dodging mosquitoes in almost November in Tennessee. But uh, had a great time. He and I love to uh, love to hunt together. So a lot of fun, man, getting to getting to spend time with kids in the outdoors. So a little late on the podcast today. But again, go watch that Logan Parks from Friday if you have a chance. Awesome freaking week. I, I just I, I'm trying not to be overly emotional about it because I, I am close to it. I see people like, well, he looks biased because he works for MPFL. No, looks biased because he sees what these folks have have uh, been through. He sees the passion. He sees the hard work, the late nights, the really early mornings that go into what they've done. And to wrap up our 18th event, when. I, honest to God, after the first season, I didn't think we'd ever see another one, you know, at the end of the first season. And then through trials and tribulations at times, and then this year to have a small field, to to have a schedule announcement last week, to a lot of the interest that we're getting from, from anglers that I think are going to surprise a lot of people. The field next year I feel like will be the strongest we've had yet from a, from a talent standpoint, from a, just a, an entertainment standpoint. But but look, man, if you uh, I feel like our lives have gotten a lot better over time and uh, we're just getting our, our footing under us, you know, year three. And it's crazy to think that third year of a business and you can say that, but the climb is still in progress. And do we have it figured out? Absolutely not. 
Absolutely not. And on a podcast where I sit here and I'm critical about other tournament trails and I've been very critical of the, my own that, that I do get a paycheck from, um, they don't have it figured out. They don't have it figured out. Uh, but I can say this, they, they listen to their anglers. They are really always focused on the future, man. And, uh, again, it's, it's never going to be perfect. You're never going to make everybody happy. That's, that's obvious. Um, but the schedule to me is very unique. It's spaced out. I see so many times people are like, Oh, these schedules are the same. And I feel like in three years of MPFL, we've gone to some bodies of water that nobody has big events at, at times a year, they don't have big events at, we really covered the spectrum. And I think next year's schedule is really cool. I saw some negative comments, people going, they're chasing money. Look at them. They're chasing that money. NPFL chasing that damn money. You know that money that keeps the lights on? That money that allows them to have bass tournaments that we can bitch about? Yeah, they chasing that money. And what they're talking about is like Chamber of Commerce tourism money, which leagues do, all leagues do get paid. Uh, and you see the same kind of dumb crap on uh, Bassmaster posts and whatnot. Um, but it's it's certainly the the case people think they they know the ins and outs right of what goes on uh but here's the thing you got to have a host city you got to have people you can work with there are hours and hours and hours and days and days and days and weeks and weeks and weeks and months that go into getting a schedule trying to work it around other schedules right because um, there's a lot going on in the fishing industry. No, I don't think any other trail has really ever taken the time to worry about what the other pro leagues are doing in an effort to support anglers that want to fish more than one thing. Hmm. That's something that uh, maybe people that run their mouths don't think about. Um, and, and in an effort to try to actually grow the sport, right? Where people, we're not, you, you don't have to pick and choose what you watch. You can watch all of it. You can get as much bass fishing or as little bass fishing as you want from a professional level, from a coverage level. Keep up with your favorite anglers. And I don't know, I, I think it's, uh, I, I really, I, I think that next year, you know, I always wait on bated breath because it's been such a, it has been such a roller coaster for us at times. But I think that 2024 is going to be a lot of fun. I think the schedule's freaking cool. I think we're going to have our first championship ever. Uh, entry fee free championship down in Amistad. I think guys like Stu Martell and Hunter Bogman, who have been with us since the beginning, uh, dramatically making it in the last makes me, makes me emotional, makes me uh, so happy for those guys because I see what they've gone through. I think to have an angler like a Billy Hackworth in our top five at this last event, he was 64th in the angler of the year coming in out of 76 guys and gals, and he crushes it, but he, he was plagued by boat issues all year, and this is a guy that coaches high school football, former military. It's just what the MPFL is about. But then at the same time, it's also about a guy like Patrick Walters that's now a three-time champ. That is the baddest dude in bass fishing right now across the board. Winner on the Elite Series in the last several years, including this year. Won with us last year. He won two this year. His last Elite Series Angler of the Year finishes. Third, fifth, fourth, and third going back to 2020. That's insane, dude. He fished five events with us last year and finished right outside the top ten in Progressive AOI 
this year finishes freaking fourth on the strength of five tournaments. It's nuts. It's absolutely insane. He is uh, very, very KVD-like in closing. And I'm just being a fanboy growing up and watching Kevin in those situations. Fat Cat called him Earnhardt, and I think that's fair as well. But he is finish him to the max. Like he is, he is that guy. And boy, when he gets dialed, and I, I am one of my favorite things about my job last two years is getting to spend time not with just with all the anglers. I love doing live coverage. It's my favorite thing that I get to do in life. But getting to watch that guy who is in his prime and watch his decision making and what oh, it's something. And 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 be in the boat to to kind of absorb that bravado and that and dude he's charismatic i don't know he's a superstar in bass fishing and I, I just i don't think it goes we we put a lot of and this is no shot at but we put a lot of emphasis on the wheelers of the world and he's rightfully so we put a lot of emphasis on a lot of names uh and i think jacob's arguably been one of the most dominant guys over the last several years uh but the jordan lees these young guns but dude if you get bored, go look through Patrick's finishes in every trail he has fished for about the last five, six years, all the way back to college. It's incredible. It is. I was doing some research before live and and going back and forth with with Ronnie Moore. Shout out Saltwater Ron from Bassmaster Elite Series fame, and it's incredible. He he's it's incredible, man. It's it is certainly incredible and. Uh, and the fact that he just doesn't win every event he gets in, no matter what it is, is, is kind of astonishing because he's scary, man. He's scary. But uh, spooky Halloween episode here. Scary Patrick Walters. But congrats to Patrick and congrats to Todd Goad on winning Angler of the Year. Fantastic season, my gosh. I don't know that I've ever seen a more perfect season in professional fishing. Will Harkins, the young Georgia pro, just an amazing young man that we got to bring to the fishing industry this year. I'm going to try to do a show with him here in the next couple of weeks. He is uh, he's an awesome young man, had a chance to win, and he called Patrick Walters. He, he adopted the term dream crusher that, that we came up with a couple of events back. Dream crusher Patrick Walters indeed, and he was trying to run Patrick down. He came up a little bit short, but uh, finished up second in the Angler of the Year race as well. Just a fantastic season for that young man. Can't say enough about uh about him and getting to know him this year. But awesome event, man. Shout out to our production crew and and Fat Cat, Brad Fuller, Big Al McCullough, Paul Benson, the Comos, Mike and Kathy uh, that make it all happen and and allow me to run my mouth. And thanks to people that watch, man. We had a lot of a lot of eyeballs on us this week. And uh again, you know, playing around with the forward facing stuff and trying to make that better as a whole. And it's just uh, it was a really Really, really cool event, but it got to me, man. 18th event, and, and there are guys like a Hunter Bogman that I met the first day I was boots on the ground at Ufala for our very first event three years ago, and uh, and he he's going to be on camera the first day, and we went to physically meet everybody in person because we were boots on the ground, like I said, and and Hunter's one of those first guys that I meet, and, and Hunter, who I've had on the show many times, many of you low-lifers out there know Hunter. He's a guy that... Uh, you know, uh, fault meningitis when he was a kid, bacterial meningitis, I believe is what it was. Uh, but lost his, lost his arms, uh, one arm lost his legs and has just said, nah, man, that ain't going to get me down. And the guy is an inspiration beyond words, but won a Toyota series, 
super competitive in our trail, super competitive in, in out in Arkansas. Everybody knows him out there. He wins a lot of money, but he's going to our championship, first ever championship. And, uh, so cool to see, man, Hunter Bogman. So lots of, uh, lots of emotions coming off the MPFL, but they're good people trying to do big things. And, uh, I certainly think that the future is bright. I just keep saying we got to stick the land and you got to keep her between the ditches. And I, I think the things are certainly looking up for the league. So appreciate everybody that supported that, um, in the three seasons that I've been able to be there and supporting those anglers because, uh, a lot of good ones, including Cox watch. We had our first official Cox watch visit of the season from John Cox. We had him on camera two days in a row. So thanks to uh john boy he absolutely loves it and i think he's gonna be back next year as well we'll see we shall see all right so uh in other tournament trail news i heard through the grapevine again busy boy luke duncan is these days as always i've traveled four of the last five weeks and i'm tired um my brain is mush more times than not but uh, i was told that there was an angler call an angler call for MLF on Friday night where Duckett doubled down. Duckett doubled down on his, this is the way it's going to be. I don't care if you've got the angler protection committee and I don't care if you think that I'm, you know, going to just do what I want to do. It is what it is. It is what it is. And that was the overall attitude. I know there were some upset anglers and I know that there were several anglers that were just silent and shame on you, man. Shame on you for just being silent. Even if you're going to make that cut, like I said, shame on you. I get you got a livelihood guaranteed, basically. Shame on you because, like I said, on the Watson podcast, if you don't think that this could happen again or if you think you're safe just because you're going to be in that bucket dealing with Duckett, come on. Uh, I just don't think that's – I don't know, man. He's just not good people. He's just not good people. I think he's a. I think he's a good businessman at times. I think obviously he has been in his life. I think he's playing this all wrong, man. I do. Um, like I said about MPFL though, and the and and tourism and schedules and things. I don't know financially what it looks like for them. I don't know what this gains them. I just know that uh, you know hearing rumors of a guy like a Marty Stone, who's one of your hosts, being fired by someone other than Boyd. <laughs> <laughs> like he got told by somebody other than the, than the guy um, is a cop out. And I've been around people like that in the corporate world. And that is reality is they're cowards. A lot of times they don't, they don't stand up to the music. And I, I also know from this angler call Friday night that he, uh, they were muting people when they would really get ramped up. So it sucks, man, it sucks. And, and it, it, you know, I worried that these guys trying to organize was just going to kind of blow up in their face because it's hard to get everybody on the same page. Their contracts are due Wednesday, and I feel like most will sign and most will fish. Even like Watson, he's on here going crazy, but he's not going to quit. Like he said, it's his it's his platform, it's his uh, it's his livelihood, and so uh, you know. Again, I want to I want to thank him just kind of jumping around here, but I want to thank James for being so brutally honest on the show because. Um, takes a lot of balls man that takes a that and he he's never short on on uh on that and just full sending it and he did and i think that uh it has to be applauded because it, uh i know and i and i want to say this real quick because these are my guys but i did not get to watch uh at all 
I know Boyd went on Ike Live. I have no clue how that even went. I know that it must not have been too spicy because I didn't get sent a bunch of clips. Now, again, that's just kind of a broad stroke thing. But normally I do get sent a lot or I get a lot of messages. Like people, and people were, might have been watching college football. I don't know. Um, I've talked to some of the boys from the Ike Live crew. I talked to them leading up to it. I, I'm not sure how that went, though. I don't know. I've not got a report from them on how it went. I feel like I probably know how it went because I've seen him do interviews before. And that's why I really just wasn't rushing to watch it because he just is just kind of a, to be honest, he's just kind of a douche wherever he's at. Right. Um, so I just, he just kind of, again, always seems to double down and, and he's really good, like a politician at avoiding things. And again, they may have, they may have rolled him. I don't know. I do not know. He may have been put in an uncomfortable position. I know Stephen Browning stepped up to the plate, uh, but I did hear, and this is this is why somebody like Watson is so special, as I heard that they had to go through so many invites to find an angler that would do what Watson did on Low Budget Live, which is speak honestly. And Stephen Browning was that guy. So Stephen is one of my dudes that I, I have always respected, one of my fishing heroes, really, as a kid. I've been fortunate enough to have him on this show, so shout-out to Stephen Browning for having some balls to uh, put his face out there on Ike Live uh, and and join that that crew to uh, to talk about the MLF uh, situation over there. So uh, I think that you just don't understand, man. These guys, are they're super nervous to say anything. They just are. Um I, I did also, I will say this, and I think I commented back to this, one of the first ones from the Watson that says, uh, if it says duck it, f- it. <laughs> I'd be the greatest T-shirt ever. If it's got the name duck it on it, f- it. <laughs> Come on. It's amazing. And spelled it like duck it, right? I forget who that was, but oh my God, I'm giving you all the credit in the world because that was amazing. That was amazing. So they doubled down. We will see what happens this week. I'll reach out to uh, some of those Angler Protection Committee boys and see what's going on. I will try. I've got to fish this week, dude. I got ABT 100. I got Smith Lake Spotted Bass. I got to go try to take down the monstrous team of the Wiggins boys and so many just freaking Smith Lake hammers, me and little Trey, last tournament. So I got to try to knock some dust off my rods and reels this week and uh and try to go catch a smith lake spotted bass win 25k all right let's thank the sponsors real quick and then we're going to get to our guest star trying kicking ethanol in the teeth and your weed eater and your chainsaw but in that outboard engine it's hunting season it's here it's also winter is coming as they say on game of thrones winter is coming in most of the country you're going to put the bass boat up you're going to have some fuel left over if it's not ethanol free fuel you're going to want to put some Startron in the tank. You can get it at a lot of places, all your auto parts, shops, whatnots, the Bass Pro Shops of the world. They even got it at the Walmarts, okay? little dab will do you. This bottle treats like 256 freaking gallons of fuel, right? Actually, it treats 128. I'm a liar, but that's the size. That's a, that's a, uh, I've only been doing this for everything I would know. It's the 8-ounce. the 8-ounce, guys. Um, the 16 ounce does one is does 256. So yeah, use some Startron, put it in your tank, kick ethanol in the teeth. ProGuideBatteries.com, ProGuideBatteries.com is where you can find those new lithiums, that new lithium line. They're not really new anymore. They've been out there. They're tried and true at this point. You can also get their AGMs. You can buy battery chargers. You can buy 
all sorts of accessories at ProGuyBatteries.com. You can use code LBL10 to let them know you are a lowlifer. They like that. I like that as much as I like their batteries. I see y'all using that code. LBL10 at checkout. ProGuyBatteries.com. Go see what the hype is about. BaitWorks.com. Bait-Works.com. And I got to read a text here. Hang on. BaitWorks has got a sale. Should have had this pulled up. I do not. Shocker. Bait-Works. W-R-X.com. They are having a scary good. Scary good sale. And it, and it ends uh, tomorrow the 31st. It's a very spooky, spooky little graphic they sent me. 75% off bait fuels. That's basically free. 75% of the little jugs of bait fuel. Slimy little jugs of bait fuel. And I will say this. There's something you notice all the time on MPFL Live. is I see bottles of that everywhere. I do see that with some top anglers. It's always around. Also, uh, heading. Heading, you know, up to 30% on other products. Bill Lewis, get you your rattle traps. It's rattle trap season, dude. How about a bandit crankbait? Probably the gr- single greatest crankbait of my life at one point. But I caught so many on it for so long. I don't know why I don't throw it that much anymore, even though I lost a giant on it last fall in a tournament on Pickwick with a little tray this last ABT of last year. Uh, bandit 200 and root beer. Oh, Lord. 200 series bandito. Storm products, chompers. Get over there. Bait-works.com. They got the LOB jigs. I see y'all using that code Duncan-10, though. Some big orders got placed on that code last week. I appreciate y'all very much. But go get that LOB jig. Go get check out that scary good sale. Bait-works.com. And last but not least, the imaginary banner. <laughs> Express Boats. Building excitement since 1966 there in Hot Springs, Arkansas. The original all-welded. Aluminum bass boat, and times are tough, but sometimes you get that itch, you know? You're like, I need a new boat, man. I need a new boat. Y'all got any more of them new boats? Well, they do, and they can definitely get you rigged out right, and it's easier on your bank account and probably your marriage than a fiberglass bass boat right now. That is for sure, and you sacrifice zero. I had a talk with a professional angler about this on Thursday. He's like, well, what did you give up when you went to Express? And I was like, I don't know. Nothing. He said, quit giving me a sales pitch. And I said, again, nothing. He's like, what about rough water? And I'm like, yeah, it's good. What about skinny water? I'm like, yeah. It's like, what about whole shot? All the things I say to you guys, I have to do this to people all the time. But somebody that was very interested in running one called me to ask on Thursday. We'll remain nameless. But we had this whole conversation. But C-Deck bow to start 250 Yamaha show, pushing that bad boy to blazing hole shots. Absolutely love my boat. Y'all know that 96-inch beam storage for days. Express boats. Go try one. Go check one out of the dealer, and you'll be like, this is bad ass. That is bad ass. I'm going to do this one more time. There we go. Just because. Express boats. Okay, I'm going to text our guest real quick. Real quick. So this guy right here. This guy right here, I've been looking forward to having on the show all year. He's like me. He's a talker. He's a talker. But I tell you what, what uh, where he and I differ is he is a bass catcher day in and day out, especially in 2023. This man is a journeyman 
Bass Pro, Bass Angler. He's the owner of Pulse Fish Lures. He is a guy I've known for, been around for, for quite a few years. He's well-respected by so many people in this industry. Started with the MPFL last year. Starts with the MPFL last year. Has a good year. Has a good season. In contention to win our first event at Lake Cumberland. In the mix at several more. This year comes out guns blazing. I said earlier that I don't know that I've ever seen a season like this in professional fishing. And I'm sure some some stats guy, advanced bass stats, could probably uh, prove me wrong on this. Which has a fantastic Instagram page, by the way. Fantastic Instagram page. Uh, really cool what they got going on there. But this man never, ever, 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 ever finished out of the top 10. Six events. We started at Pickwick in the cold in March. Tail race. Crazy drama, people getting locked out, locking through to Wilson. Top tens it. We go to Wright Patman. Water's a little lower than the last time we were there. Shallow fish getting beat to a pulp by everybody in the field. Top tens it. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. Then we go to Santee. This is where the name Pawpaw, he gave himself this because he was fishing a worm really slow. You got Patrick Walters out there live scoping. This is why I keep saying you don't have to have live scope because I've watched this man and he does use his active target. Todd Goat does use his active target. Popal. He's very proficient with it. But Santee Cooper trying to chase down Patrick, flipping a worm around, using what between what's between his ears. Third place. Dream crusher. Patrick Walters wins. Todd Goat then goes to Saginaw Bay. Top tens it. Big water smallmouth. Top tens it. Then we go to Lake Eufaula. Stingy. Definitely MPFL lays a trap down in the Angler of the Year, right? September events, I don't care where they're at. They're tough. They're tough. Top tens it. Takes us to Lake Lanier, his home lake. One of his home lakes. He is a fantastic spotted bass angler. I mean, what I know about spots, a lot of what I know about them, their behavior, and I learned from this man over the years from getting to know him. He is a wealth of knowledge on spotted bass. And coming into this event, it's like, dude, he's going to catch 15 a day. Angler of the year is a wrap. He's got a 12-point lead coming in. You just felt like he's going to do it. He goes out first day's fourth place. Second day, rolls out. Drops a little bit, has a, has, a, has a little bit of a stumble. He fell to like sixth. The final day goes out and crushes right at 18 pounds in like the first hour of the day, knocks it out of the park, has a chance to win, ends up finishing the tournament on his home lake in third and winning Progressive Angler of the Year. One of the most amazing seasons in bass fishing, and we're going to get him on the phone right now. Ladies and gentlemen, the, the NPFL Progressive Angler of the Year who held off some hammerheads, Todd Goad. Hello. Welcome, you progressive angler of the year winning son of a gun, you Todd Goad <laughs> to Low Budget Live, buddy. 
I mean, I, I would ask how you are and all that, but I, I know you've got, you've got a gold progressive anger of the year MPFL shield in the truck and you are making your way back home. So I'd say you're pretty good here on this Monday. Uh, you know, most of the time Mondays suck, but this is probably the best Monday I've had in a long, long time. <laughs> I love that, dude. I, I would say so. I would say so, Todd. We, you know, I, dude, I was doing a my intro piece, bringing you in there, and 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 I told you this yesterday. And somebody can probably correct me at some point that really keeps up with numbers in the sport of bass fishing. But, dude, in in a in a six event tournament trail that spans. Really, and that, that's what I just kind of went through. Pickwick's a tough event. Water conditions are tough. Weather's tough on you guys. Um, Wright Patman, another, you know, curveball. But but to think about the season and everything that you all had to endure, and that's what I love about the MPFL. It's really spread out season. You actually fish multiple different types of scenarios. Really, anybody that's won angle of the year in the league in the three seasons – they really you freaking have to earn it, but especially this year because Todd Goad top tened every event. You woke up before that first tournament at Pickwick and were like, you know what? I think this year I'm just gonna never finish outside of the top ten in an event, man. And it has that sunk in yet? Because you have been doing this. I've known you for many years, but you are a veteran, 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 veteran tournament angler. You fished anything from. I mean, dude, just you name it, you've competed in it over the years and you've had fantastic events, uh, but you know how hard that is. Has that sunk in top tens at every event? Oh, no, we lost Todd Goad. Todd Goad, we lost you. I don't know what you heard and what you didn't. Uh, no, you were sorry. I, <laughs> I, I've gotten so many phone calls and. I meant to hit send a voicemail and I hit into it. Dude, that is easy. I don't know what kind of vehicle you have, but that is easy to do. I do that a lot. And sometimes I will be trying, I'll be on a call, like a work call, and I'll be trying to send one to voicemail and I answer it and I hang up on like a very important customer. I've done that many times as well. Well, that's what I did to you and I apologize. You're talking about me. The diversity of the schedule. Yeah, yeah. So with that, that diversity that you had to overcome, man, it's like six events that. It's not, I mean, I think you're a spotted bass expert. You you may not call yourself that because you're, you're more humble than I am, but you are that I've known you as that. I, I said in my intro, you've taught me so many things about spots in our conversations over the years and, and, uh, you and your buddy, Chris Baxter, and you guys just, you know, it like you just know it, you, you fished Lanier and you fished Hartwell so much. You're great at blueback lakes, but to, to kind of put you in that corner, and then it's easy to say, well, a guy like uh, Patrick, well, man, he's great with forward-facing sonar. But with you, dude, you're great with forward-facing. But then I watched you at Santee Cooper flipping a big worm. That's where the name you you started dubbing yourself Patrick and then were giving you a hard time. Paul Paul Goad was born at that event, and we rode it uh, into the ground this year at the MPFL. But but you're reading the bank lines. You're you know old-school fishing there. We've seen you with forward face and we've seen you with the shaky head. We saw you with a pulling out an old spook and a swim jig down there at Wright Patman. So many different patterns that you used so to, that you have to use to win an angler of the year. But has it sunk in yet that you top 10 every event, no matter what they threw at you? Because I, I don't want to say it's impossible, but it's almost impossible to do what you did. 
dude, it's been an incredible year. I mean, it's just, it, it starts at the house. Like I, I told somebody, I've told a lot of people this, like two weeks before I leave to go to an event, I start making a list and it's probably, you know, it's, it's like a NASCAR crew chief would make and tape to the car before they send it to inspection. Yeah. Know? Yeah. I've got, I've got a list and, and it's very detailed. I'm very detailed, very organized on stuff I need to do. And the first one on the list is <laughs> buy a fishing license where I'm going. Amen. <laughs> you know, but then it goes, you know, to, you know, tackle prep, pack the GoPro, pack the right clothes, you know, do, do all of the things to prepare yourself to be successful. You know, packing the boat right for what you think you're going to use at the event, but then packing all the other stuff in the back of the truck because you're going 800 miles and you're like, you know, well, I would never would have thought I'd have thrown an old monster worm here, but I got them in the truck. That's so, right. You know, you've got to have it all with you and you've got to be organized when you leave the house. And that's, to me, that's the first step in me being successful and getting my mind right before I leave for an event. I do a lot of Google Earth study too. You know, there's a lot of strategy that goes into these tournaments, and we've talked about that, especially at Santee, the way the wind was and mm -hmm. we had a day canceled. But, you know, I, I look at a lot of Google Earth, and to be honest with you, I don't watch a lot of YouTube stuff on the lakes we're going. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm long in the tooth. You know, I'm 55 years old. I feel like I'm still 35, uh, you know, and, but, I like to fish the conditions when I get there. I like to see what's going on. I've never been able to catch other people's fish. So I just kind of fish the moment, fish the conditions, water levels, water clarity, water temperature, time of year, typical patterns. And from my years of experience, I think that has really served me well this year, making all of the good decisions. I, I said this on live Saturday morning. I was I was laughing. I said I probably won't. I probably won't even catch a bass next year. I mean, it's been <laughs> it's it, been like it, that. It's yeah, been, it's been like that for sure, dude. We're just everything happens, right? I mean, everything. Just your decisions. You you said I did my job, and 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 our buddy Fat Cat, his deal all year. He just thought he thought, man, he's being coy. That's just a statement, and I, and, and but that became your motto. Is I just did my job. Hey. You fall is tough, guys. I got to catch five a day. Did my job. You know, that's been your thing all year. I just did my job. You did it better than anybody else over six events. There's no doubt about that. But you uh, you never seem rattled at any point whatsoever. And, uh, and you were just so focused, man. So focused. Like, we tried to rattle you. In a joking way, of course, but 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 on but going into the final day, going into showdown Saturday, we're like, all right, Todd. Here's the deal. You're in the top ten. Jesse Wise had a bad day. I mean, are you gonna start thinking about it tonight? And you're like, no, no. We'll think about it tomorrow night. I and and, and I know you well enough to know you didn't just say that for a statement to seem like like a Dale Earnhardt. No, I got business to do. No, you meant it. Like. Nope, we'll we'll think about it when when the confetti's on the ground around us. And I love that, man. And that was your deal all season, for sure. So, most people probably won't believe what I'm about to say because the cuz day 2 was so tough and I can't tell you. I caught my I had my weight by 9 9:30 like I had mm -hmm. all 3 days. But the places I fished after lunch 
the fish that were there, I mean, Lake Lanier set up this time being seven foot low. There's a lot of 35 foot standing timber that plays when the lake's this low. And it's little corners, little edges, you know, a place out in the middle of the lake that's got a hump on it that's normally, you know, 40, 45 foot deep, but it's, you know, 37 and it's got timber on the end of it. Those fish were there the second day and I could have had a chance for a really big bag if that five pounder would have ate that top water. But I get out there fishing the deeper fish that had been really good in practice and they didn't bite. Hmm. I mean, I watched them follow my worm down. I, I tried everything to make them bite and they just would not bite. So what I'm about to say is what most people probably won't believe. I'm at the house Friday night and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, if I don't catch them by nine or nine thirty in the morning, I could zero. Hmm. And that was, that was my mentality because it was that tough. And to, to catch them like I did first thing in the morning and, and then they bid on every stop Saturday afternoon. I went back and fished all those places and some other ones and caught a dang big in every, every one of those places. <laughs> and I'm like, dudes, man. what, <laughs> dudes, why didn't you bite yesterday? You know, and, but you talk about good decisions. I had been catching them on a place. It was a little clay point that ran out. And these fish, these early morning fish were anywhere from 10 to 14 foot deep. Well, this place, I've fished it for years. But there are two brush piles on it now, and they're about 30 feet apart. And every morning, the spots had the bait hemmed up between them two brush piles. And they were just swarming in there. You could <laughs> see them on that active target, and it was stupid. Like bees. Well, <laughs> yes. Well, you guys saw what happened on live oh, yeah. on Friday with them schooling on that place. So my mind, I'm going there first thing. So I'm running down the lake, you know, and I, I get to where that other spot is. And there's nobody there because there was a lot of local traffic, a lot of tournaments out there Saturday. And I did a Randy Howell. I peeled that joker over and I'm like, I got to go over here. I mean, I got to. So I pulled in there, <clears throat> get set up between them two brush piles. And I catch two big ones. I catch a three and like a 380 or 390, a three and a half, something like that. And I'm like, boom. So I stayed there till almost 830. I pulled the motor up and I'm like, I'm going to go down here. I guarantee you there's going to be somebody on this spot. And I come around the corner into Big Creek and I, I look and I'm like, there's nobody there. You've got to be kidding me. <laughs> so I roll, you know, and it's, it's decisions. It, it's just making good decisions. And I pull up there and they never schooled there. One fish here, one fish there. But they were they were setting up out there in about 20 foot of water where they weren't spooked and they would bite. Because the day before there was, I bet there were, 500 bass on this place but they were all eight foot deep and they were so they were so skittish they would not bite the one you saw me catch on the zoom super fluke that i boat flipped the water was was green below that fish there were 40 or 50 bass with that one and they wouldn't bite i mean i tried everything afterwards i backed way off of them and they just they were like nope dude we've seen you it's over (laughs) man (laughs) we heard so many stories like what you just said about lanier this way or from lanier and I said this after I went there in an FLW event, I guess, back in 18. It's my favorite lake in the country. I love fishing for spots. I would never claim to be a spotted bass guru like yourself or so many other friends of mine that are really, really, really dialed, like a Cody Meyer or a Jesse Wiggins and so many friends that that just just have them figured out more days than not. But I've always been obsessed with those fish. I love spotted bass. 
But to hear, even Patrick Walter said, I think there are 7 million in this lake. That might be light. You know what I mean? That that might be really light that there's 7 million. There might be 50 million. I don't know. There's a lot of bass in that stinking lake. That place is crazy. And, you know, fishing for spotted bass as long as I have, I figured something out in practice, too. There was a shallow bite. Like I said, there were there were fish. The first place I went to Sunday morning, the first fish I leaned back on was a 502, and it was in 10 foot of water. And, a big, and I was like, okay, <laughs> okay, the shallow fish might play. So I run like six or eight other shallow places and caught one on every stop that morning. I was like, okay, that's going to work. But then when I got out there and started fishing some brush, this was really key to the week. If you threw your bait in the center of the brush pile, because you could shine the active target over there and just see them flickering in the pile. You th- if you let it go straight down in the pile, they'd follow it down and they wouldn't eat it. You had to throw it to where it would land right in front of the brush pile. And as it went down, they would actually come out of the pile. You'd see them just wobbledy, wobbledy, wobbledy <laughs> come out and they'd go, they'd go straight down and doink. That's the only way you could catch them. You couldn't throw it past the pile and reel it over it and drop it either. It had to be, it had to start falling in front of the pile and that worked. I can't tell you how many times that worked. It just, it, That's, that was, that was no deal. What, when I think about forward facing and, and the, you know, the kind of the era of bass fishing that we're in and the controversy that surrounds it and, you know, back and forth and the bickering and whatnot. I love hearing a guy like you who you've been dialed on your electronics for years and years and years. And Lanier is a place that is always in my lifetime. And whether this is in my old bass fishing homepage days, reading about people dropping on them with 2d and different things. I just feel like Lanier is that fishery because it's so clear and because of the nature of the spots and the timber and the, and the depth, right? Like it's a deep place. It's like Smith Lake. It's very deep. It's always on the forefront of sonar techniques, right? I, I just think it always is, but I love hearing you say, you're not necessarily using that forward facing to go, there's a bass, I'm going to hit him right in the nose and I'm going to catch him. But you used it to learn what to do better with a technique that, I don't know, Todd, you said you're 55. I, for 50 years, you've been utilizing. <laughs> but and there's, been a, and there's been dump truck loads after dump truck loads of spotted bass caught on a shaky head and a, and a green pumpkin zoom trick worm right and a, and a mag shaky worm like that's just there have been but you are utilizing it's new school meets old school i saw the same with will harkins he's using an old school top water but use a lot utilizing live scope and i'm like man that's beautiful like it did my heart so good seeing that and i'm a and i'm a forward-facing sonar fan but i but i love hearing you say that because and and i know you target individual fish as well like like people do yeah. But it's, I think that's the misconception sometimes is people think, oh, you turn it on, flip the switch on, and oh my goodness, now I just caught 25 pounds of spotted bass because there they are. But hearing you say, man, there might have been 500 on this place and you never caught one, like it's amazing, man. Like it really, and we saw that on live so many times in two days that there were just hundreds of bass swimming around and nobody could make them bite at times until they wanted to. Well, and congrats to Will to get him to bite topwater because Dude. in practice, in practice, I'd shine it over there and they'd be posted up in the top of a brush pile. And I was like, I'm about to wreck them on a topwater and a super flute because that's how you mm-hmm. normally in a pulse jig and a pulse jig are scrounger. Yep. You normally those three baits are what you need on the deck. And I love catching them on the fun stuff. And I mean, I fished pile after pile after pile and they wouldn't bite it. And 
then I'd throw the shaky head over there and doink. And it yeah. was okay, okay, whatever. I mean, I don't care what it takes to catch a bass. I just I would have loved to have caught him on the fun stuff, you know, That's a right. bit more, but but it didn't work. And you know, Will's a fine young man. He's got a great career ahead of him. He's such a Does good, grounded, grounded young man. And you know, something else too to to hop over to like to Patrick and Trent Palmer and Mike Corbett, yeah. you know, those, those, those three guys, I said, I said this to them Saturday after this was all over, <clears throat> I said, you know, you guys are so refreshing. You guys are old souls. You're like 50 year old people in 29 year old bodies. I mean, you just, you, all three of you are incredible humans and, you know, they're just a class act and, you know, I hate to keep jumping around, but to go back to the forward-facing sonar, it's technology. And and I hate that there's so much controversy with it because, I mean, like you said, at Santee and Wright-Patman, I never used it. You and never turned it on. <laughs> if, 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 if you're going to compete at this level, and Neil Paul told me this in the parking lot Saturday evening, he said, you know, you said it perfectly. If you're not if you're not embracing new technology and change, you're getting tire marks on your back because you're getting run over. That's right. And, and you know, look at Patrick. Patrick's a perfect example. He kept getting his ass kicked up north. Yep. So what did he do? He went he went up there and put in and the time. Invested. Yep. And, invested in himself and, and his future. Yeah. And figured it out, mm -hmm. you know, and and look what he's doing now. So, I mean, there's there's people out there that, that are complaining about it and I, i'm not trying to pigeonhole anybody but you know shallow water fishermen there's some out there that need to get out there and learn it and embrace it because they're incredible talents shallow water fishing if they would embrace the technology out there fishing like we just did at lanier you know what a rounded individual they would be right. as well you know, and that's that's what I don't like about the controversy. I love the technology. I mean, Justin Kimmel told me, he said, Go, you're the best 2D guy I've ever fished with. And he won the All-American out of the back of my boat. But, you know, I, I love new technology. I love any anything that's going to help me catch more fish. And, and make you I've more efficient, it, right? I, like you're talking about those yeah. fish. That it makes you more fit. If you're a weekend guy that's got – six hours to fish on a Saturday, it does make you more efficient. Like it can make you more efficient in knowing whether there's bait fish around. And look, I said this on live many times. I've said this on the show. If that's not how you want to spend your Saturday morning in your six hours, that's fine too. John Cox right. top 10 this event was top five going in the final day and did not have a single depth finder on the front <laughs> deck of the boat at Lake Lanier. Nope. He ended up finishing 10th, but this guy was throwing a glide bait and he was chasing schooling spotted bass, just yeah. watching for him to come up the old school way. And he caught him. But I will say this, this, this was one of the most interesting. I had two conversations on, on Saturday during the way in end show that really blew my mind. And the first one was Keith Carson catching bass over 70 feet of water <laughs> using forward yep. facing and he, he admitted it and he goes hey man i've embraced it john who and they're running buddies of course john cox keith carson um yep. that john has not embraced it as much yet but john for the first time looked at myself and fat cat and said next year 
I really am planning on trying to get better with it because I think even shallow, it can make me that much better, which if you're listening to this and you compete against John Cox, like Todd go does, I am sorry about your luck. If he also gets that dialed in as well, (laughs) (laughs) because that's, that's a terrifying Uh, statement that John himself is like, yeah, I may try to, it's like a four or five years ago when he won an FLW as Sam Rayburn, and he called him on a crankbait for the first time in his life. He had never thrown a crankbait. <laughs> and he's yeah, serious. And he was like, man, this cranking thing's kind of cool. <laughs> yep. Just happy-go-lucky Yeah, yeah right? And a- But hearing him say that, I'm like, man, we're in such a wild time right now. Um, and, and, and again, well, you- there are pros and cons to it, but it, it is certainly a, an amazing tool uh, if used properly. There's no doubt about that. So you hit the nail on the head when you said more efficient, because in 2020, when I was leading the All-American at Hartwell going into the final day, I was the only one in the top 10 that did not have forward-facing wow. sonar. I, caught, I had caught every one of those bass on 2D, and Lawrence's wow. active target Lawrence's active target wasn't available on the market yet, so I couldn't get one. And I begged Cheryl to get me one, because it was done, <laughs> but but I didn't get one. What that would have done because I was having to put the troll motor down and fish my way up to those places. I could have seen how the fish were reacting to my baits and pull a troll motor up. Cause you're doing that at Hartwell and Lanier 75 times a day. Mm-hmm. I, it might've given me an extra 30 minutes of fishing time to fish a couple more places to get the yeah. key bite. So yeah. it definitely makes you more efficient on the water. Cause I did, you know, I read what Patrick said in his post interview, He'd make two or three casts and go the next place. I did that a lot this week. There was, especially on Friday, I mean, I'd make two, no more than three casts. And if they ran it down and didn't bite it, heck with you guys. I'm going to the next group of ones that won't bite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to the next ones that get ignored. Uh, well, you know, yes. we, we saw that with you. We saw that with Trent Palmer, with Corbishly. And Fat Cat, uh, and Fat Cat doesn't have a lot of experience with forward facing, you know, and, and I've taken him out of my boat and and showed it to him a little bit. But up there on the Potomac River, when he's chasing those largemouth and snakeheads, he ain't worried about no forward facing. But he always compares it to bed fishing in the fact that it's so hard if you're staring at a big old seven pounder on the bed that's looking right at you and you're like, well, it's just right there. There's the tournament. It's staring me in the face and I can't get her to bite. It's the same as it's so hard. You pull up and go, well, there are 500 of them any second. Now daddy's going to have 20 pounds and dude, they don't bite. You can also get caught in that trap of, I'm just going to sit here and keep bombing at them. And I loved watching you guys that are experts in those blueback fish in those spots, being able to go, let's go. Like we saw Trent so many times drop it. And I'm going, we got a sonar pulled up and we're going, Oh boy. Like I'm thinking we're fixing to get the most epic coverage ever. He bombs in there three or four, five times. Nothing happens. They might kind of halfway follow his bait and he goes, troll the motor and he's gone again. We saw it with Harkins. He would, he would have one blow up on a top water and go, yep, they're not trying to get it here. Let's go guys. Troll the motor up. And we saw it with you. We saw it with Mike Corbishly with Walters. It's incredible, man, because to, to the novice guy, you pull up and see a school of fish like that. You're like, I ain't going anywhere. I'm spot locked right here, big guy, for the rest of the day, but you just can't do that. Like, you can't do that. Nope. You know, and something else that was going on at Lanier this week that that made the weights be down a little bit, and the lake was turning over, and it was turning over in different areas, and 
you know, Tom Mann and I and, and Rusty Evans, we've all been good friends for a long time. And Tom said this years and years ago. He said, there's always one section of the lake they're biting better in. And if you figure it out, you can you can pretty much run the table. Well, the 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 turnover was was pretty bad, you know, Sunday, Monday. Uh, but I noticed in a couple of areas the water was starting to clear up. And I told Quentin Capo, he was struggling a little bit. And I said, the water's going to clear up in the areas where I've seen you fishing. It's it's going to clear up in there, and I think you're going to be okay. And he ended up having a really good finish. Great event. Yep, great but, event. You know, but that was that goes back to those good decisions. I knew, and and when the when the water is that funky looking color, you, there was a couple. Well, there's more than a couple. Several places you couldn't see your bait three foot down. It was turning over that bad. Mm-hmm. And when they do that. The fish get in the dirt. I mean, ten foot, fourteen to ten to to the bank, yep. and and that I was still that last area that morning. The water still hadn't really cleaned up a whole lot, but Chattahoochee Bay and Big Creek were the two cleanest water, and I watched it clean up during the week. And the fishing actually got better in both of those areas as the week progressed. That's awesome. Um, so that's it. Just goes back to you know making good decisions and and just kind of. And have, I mean, I have a lot of experience on Lanier, but, and I knew, I was hoping it would clear up because sometimes, you know, if the weather stabilizes and gets hot and the water temperature stays the same temperature, it won't clear up. But, uh, but fortunately it did in those two areas. No doubt. Well, you know, I, I have, uh, I've known you through the years. We, we kind of met through a mutual friend, Chris Baxter down at Zoom Bait Company, you know, only the biggest soft plastic yep. company in the world that make uh, arguably the they're they're the goats uh as as we like to say in life i think that uh they're the soft plastic company most soft plastic companies want to be that's for sure they're the originators of so many shapes and and sizes um but we met we met they're the they're the the kings of being knocked off seven percent there's no doubt about that right (laughs) other than the gary yamamoto cinco i think zoom wins the crown for being knocked off the most uh you know whether it's a speed crawl or a brush hog or or whatever man it's a trick worm you know my goodness gracious uh super fluke and i think and this is just a sidebar uh conversation here real quick the zoom super fluke i said this on live and I, and I actually said this on a video I did for Baitworks the other day, is the greatest shad or blueback herring imitator of all time. It just is. There's a million different ways to fish it. It is just a bait that gets bit, whether you're fishing in a creek, a pond, whatever, the time of year. It is one of the greatest lures of all time. It's it, There's, again, a lot of different ways to rig it, but a simplistic lure that my goodness is just an absolute home run whether it's a fluke junior you know the super fluke junior there's just so many man a lot i get all fired up about my zoom stuff uh for years but uh but no i I met you back then man and and just one of the nicest guys in the world but a story that i think that people might not realize about todd goad that it's one of my favorites is i had a guy uh by the name of brian new on this show and uh, most most of the low lifers out there certainly know Brian now. He's a household name in bass fishing. But he he came out of the gates. I knew him in my FLW days. He was a co angler, and then he was uh, and he was always trying to figure out how to how to get to the front. But he needed it to make financial sense. And then he 
invested his time in the opens. And when I say invested, he, he is the hardest worker in the room, hands down. And this young man wins. He's going to the Classic, and then he ends up going to the Elite Series. He has no sponsor. He has not won. And I had him on the show, and he actually made the joke of, hey, if anybody out there wants to sponsor me, <laughs> like because people just think, oh, you make the elites and the streets are paved with gold. But he didn't do that. But a guy named Todd Goad and a company named Pulse Fish Lures, you wrapped it. He had to have a boat wrap, and you ended up sponsoring Brian New, who you had known for many years and you were friends with. But you end up sponsoring him to just give him a chance, man. And like, that's always one of my favorite Todd Goad stories. Cause it speaks to your character. Uh, and it speaks to your obsession with bass. You know how hard it is. You know, the tournament game, you you love it to your bones, but talk about how that came about. Cause I just think that's a really cool story. And I, and I saw Brian new one of the first posts I saw when I got to check in social media yesterday, uh, Brian new was one of the first ones I saw to congratulate Todd Goad. And I thought that was really cool it's a it's a it's an awesome story um and brian never asked me for any help and you know we're all busy in our daily lives and he was busy getting ready to fish his first event and um he made a post on social media um he was wrapping his boat in just a plain matte black Mm -hmm. finish with brian new fishing down the side and I called him and I said, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> and he, <laughs> he goes, well, I'm getting my boat wrapped. And I was like, dude, what would it take for Pulse Fish Lures to be your title sponsor this year? I said, dang, <laughs> excuse me. And he said, he gave, he said, well, you tell me. So I threw a number out there at him and he said, absolutely, let's do it. Well, I called my business partner jeremy Wynn, him and i you know both co-own pulse fish mm-hmm. lures and I, I called jeremy and i said hey jeremy i need to talk to you about something he said i don't care what it is just do it and then i told him what i was going to do and he's like just do it <laughs> so he awesome, told me to man. just do it before he ever knew what i was going to do <clears throat> and then you know i've gotten zd cows here in flowery branch i'm actually sitting at a gas station in flowery branch about five minutes from zd cows i might actually go by there um Got got the logo worked up, got the, the boat and the, all the stuff done, sent up there. And he goes out and wins the first event yeah. of his Elite Series career. You know, and it's man. Like the kid, I mean, the kid's a hammer. And <sighs> he can catch them. And he, like you said, he's he works hard, daylight till dark out there, putting in the work, working on tackle all the time. I mean, the Tinkering. kid's going to be there forever in the fishing business. Yes. Um, so I... I, in my mind, I wasn't taking a chance. I was investing in someone I knew was going to be in the fishing business for a long time. It was a no-brainer for me to do it. Um, and it's the same way with Matt Airy. You know, Matt yeah. and I have been friends for a long time, too. And, and I called Matt. I actually called Matt and, and said, hey, would you, know, would you like to partner with us? And, you know, you've seen how that's went since yeah, that's then, been- too. And, We've got signature baits with both of those guys. Um, our little company is really growing. Um, it's just the future is just really great for for all involved. Well, I see I see pulse fish everywhere now, and well, you you've been kind enough to send me some of your products, and 
uh some little sneaky stuff too that you've been working on you sent me some last fall and you guys do you make some incredible stuff and and you can find that at places like Baitworks and tackle warehouse popping up all over the place um it's oh, yeah. awesome awesome to i want to say i want to say this too this is <clears throat> this is like breaking news press release type stuff i have we haven't shared this with anybody okay but what a great what a great place to to say it here on your podcast Next year, and it may be March before we have them in stock, but we are releasing two lines of fishing rods at Pulse Fish Lures. What? Okay. We're going to have we're going to have six rods in our Pulse Fish line. We're going to have two spinning rods and four casting rods, but we're also going to have six Matt Airy Tournament Edition rods. Okay. There's going to be five five casting and one spinning rod. So. We Matt Matt and I have spent a lot of time designing the rods he wanted and the actions and and the guides and the blanks and the grips and and the trigger and you know we've got prototypes coming soon here in the next month probably but again it's going to be top shelf quality products for you know we always do the best and the finest quality so no, I'm no happy to announce that. that on your show. Here, Heck right? yeah, man. Matt, Matt Airy signature series, right? I would like for you to pick somebody a little different than Matt, you know, Matt's <laughs> like, uh, so Matt, we've been accused of looking like each other multiple times. And I've told this story on the podcast over the years, but, but Matt's like my evil twin. That's what I tell people, but, uh, He's just a lot better fisherman why, than I'll ever be. Is that why you let? Is that why you let your beard grow a little longer? Yes, yeah, so? so I let my beard grow so longer you, and get gray. Matt probably has his manicured, you know, a little bit. I wouldn't <laughs> doubt. Uh, now, Matt, Matt's my boy. My favorite Matt Airy story, and I got to tell that anytime I get to talk about Matt Airy, I have to get this story in. And when I had Matt on after the classic in uh, there in Texas that he did so well in, <laughs> and thought he was going to win. And uh, Matt and I go back to FLW days, obviously, and uh, his lovely bride, uh, Emily, just sweet people. And my favorite Matt Airy story is we do, from a distance, uh, kind of look similar. If you got sunglasses on, whatever. My wife, this, is, this will always be one of my favorite deals, but my wife, uh, she has a little bit of, uh, I'll say, the triple threat. She has a little crazy in her. Uh, as, as all of us can, but she got a little crazy in her, you know, and she, she calls it jungle cat crazy, right? She'll claw your eyes out if, if need be, but, and I've needed it a few times in life. If you know what I'm saying, Todd Goat, I've probably needed it. Oh, she keeps yeah. me in line. There's I a reason. One, yeah. There's, there's a reason she's my anchor. It's because she will cut my eyes out with her fingernails if need be. But so the, the discover feed on your Instagram, when you hit the little search bar, you know, there's all the posts pop up and whatnot. There was a post. <laughs> I can't even say it with a straight face. It's so amazing. This is real life. Uh, and there's a post of Matt, apparently, and their little bitty. And my wife also has terrible eyesight. I would like to point that out. But that's why she's married to me. So there are little pictures in there, you know, the Discover feed. And it was apparently Emily's, Emily Aries page. But it's Matt and Emily. And Emily's in, in her bathing suit or bikini. And they're on the beach somewhere, but Matt is hugged up with her, sunglasses on. Somebody takes a picture. They were on vacation, I guess. My wife <laughs> sees that little picture, and I swear, in a fleeting moment of about 10 seconds, thought I was on the beach <laughs> with some lady <laughs> in a picture. <laughs> Rot row. <laughs> but now I'm talking about for a millisecond. But the text went like this, and I was on the road working somewhere, and she screenshots that little picture along with all the other pictures on the Discover feed. She circles it and sends it to me and goes, you should let Matt Airy know he almost got you killed for about five seconds. 
So I so I called so I call Harry like right then and I said, dude, where's your wife? You gotta get her on the phone for me. And so for years on the FLW tour, Emily would say, How are you, second husband? I'm like, don't say that in front of the triple threat. We're all gonna get we're all gonna get get, get hurt here. It was, but my wife went jungle the cat trip- crazy. She was on she was on point. The triple, the triple threat will shank you in the kidney There's, when you're not looking. Listen, buddy. Listen, you'll wake up in a bathtub full of ice before you know it with your appendix gone. <laughs> Be selling out down in Tijuana somewhere, man. I'm telling you, over a over an Instagram post you had nothing to do with. And I like that kind of pa- I call it passion, really, uh, Todd. But I, but anyways, that was my favorite Matt. And so for years, that's always been the joke. Every time I see his lovely bride, she's like, "You've been on the beach lately." I'm like, "Shut up, shut up." I have not. Um, but I don't know what that says about me and my character for my wife to think that either. But, you know, here we are. Uh, so funny, man. That's always my favorite Matt area. Matt, Matt's one of the good ones. I actually talked to Matt and Emily last uh, week when they were headed to the Toyota event in Pickwick. We, we talked for about an hour on the phone. Got called up. Hadn't seen him in a while. But uh, so we got the Matt area series going back to that. Pulse Fish is doing well. What does uh, What does next year look like for you are you already starting to do? We got the schedules dropped. MPFL's growing. Things are happening. I mean, are you already starting to do in, in your mind? Are you thinking about those events and what they look like? Or are you just ready for a couple month break? Because we get going quick again. Last week of January, you guys are practicing again. What will the off season look like with prep and things like that? Or are you just going to take a break, do some hunting, chill out with the family? Uh, there's really not a break. Um, I, uh, get back home and i believe it's next saturday i probably um i always i've been i got invited years ago to fish the missouri invitational out there at lake of the ozarks okay. it's a it's a two-day fishing one-day golf event, yeah and it's it's such a good time for a bunch of money and um you know there's guys like marcus sicori in it that's a hammer out there yes. but you know mike mcclellan will be mm-hmm. there jeremy lawyer Dion hibden and all the hibden boys and just that whole Lake of the Ozarks crew and Bo Govro. Um, we have a have a big time and we fish for a lot of money in golf. So we golf one day, they have a pro with us. Um, so like a par is like a half a pound, a birdie's a pound, that kind of thing. But so I'll be doing that, but you know, I'll also be working on on the business side of fishing between now and the first of the year too. I was talking to my skeeter boss this morning and you know, ordering my boat and getting things ready to go. And I did something. um, I don't know that I've seen anybody do this and this isn't bragging at all, but it's just something, you know, the fishing industry and, you know, things, things are getting a little tighter nowadays. Indeed. You know, I'm always, I'm always looking for ways and it's two words in, in anything you do really in life and with your sponsors, it's two words and it's creating value. And how can I create value for my sponsors? So after the weigh-in was over, um, I pulled my truck and boat in front of the NPFL weigh-in stage. And and I called it the hat dance because I used to watch a lot of NASCAR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When he'd win a race, they would go through the hat dance and they'd get a picture with a hat for everyone. But there was actually a a hat man. Remember, there there was a guy, a hat man. I remember seeing that back in the, a hat man that was in charge of the hats. And yeah, swapping yeah, them in and out. Yeah. Guy that had the gray beard and yeah, all that yeah. stuff. He yeah. would hand them the hats. Yeah. And uh, so I I did that because every one of my sponsors, I think there's 17 of them, 
um, every one of them are so important to me and it allows me to be out here and be successful and, and fish more freely. Um, so I wanted to show thanks and, and I got a picture with the AOY trophy and my wife there um, for every sponsor. And, you know, I've sent all of those out this morning to, to all of my sponsors, you know, thank you for all of the support and feel free to use this on your social media pages, you know, the name and likeness, because it just helps grow their brands too. When someone wins AOY that is using their product or, you know, working with them. So I, you know, you asked me on the way and in if I had thought about it. That's really the only thing I thought about and prepared for was if God was willing and I win AOY, I was going to make sure that every sponsor out there was taken care of from that respect. Yeah. And it just, it meant the world to me to be able to do that and to, to share that with everybody that has took a chance on Todd Goad. Well, and I, I think that speaks volumes about who you are for the people that choose to work for you work with you you're a professional on and off the water dude we have enjoyed because we spent a lot of time with you on live this year we've enjoyed having you you absolutely in the middle of battle with fantastic anglers trying to run you down for angler of the year you're trying to win these tournaments you always always take time to truly teach on live you can tell that that is something that you you're passionate about passing on what you're doing. You've done it here on LBL today with the nuggets that you've given out. A lot of people are hold things close to the vest, but I I've seen that with you, whether it was at Wright Patman. Um, I, I can remember specifically some of the things you were saying on live. I can remember you, fu- I mean, uh, excuse me, Santee Cooper, you breaking things down, down to the, I mean, just the, the minute details that you had figured out that you thought made a difference for you that week, you passing that on, that is something that I think so many, and this is not a shot at young pros at all. Uh, a guy like Mike Corbishley, you mentioned, had a, has an old soul. He is fantastic. Patrick Walters is fantastic uh, at keeping us entertained. Patrick won't give you the nuggets nearly as much, though. He's a little sneaky at times, and I don't blame him. But uh, but it's, it's some of the young pros, whether it's our live, uh, Major League Fishing's live, Bassmaster live, they're so focused on what they're doing, and rightfully so, they don't emote that to the camera and they don't break it down. And I feel like that is a lost art because when I watched Bassmaster as a kid on TNN and Denny Brower was flipping a jig, he was talking you through the cast. He did that. He did that. Mark Davis talked you through while they were offshore. David Fritz would walk you through. Those were Kevin Van Damme. They were fantastic at that. That's why they had the sponsors they had. They passed on that success, and you, man, of all the people we've had on live, and we've had some great ones this year. Luis Fernandez is another guy, Bass Warrior, that I say the same thing about. Will Harkins is, is a young man that was great at that. But, but Todd, I can't thank you enough because our job is difficult if somebody's not talking. And look, who wants to hear Luke and Fat Cat trying to explain to you why Todd Goad is great at what he's doing? Todd Goad can tell you way better than we can. So it's it's so awesome, man, to see that and and to hear you talking about the hats. It just goes. It just speaks to that, man. You you are the consummate professional. You have been every situation I've ever been in with you, and I couldn't be happier that you're representing this league 
that I'm so proud to represent as well headed into 24 and beyond, man, because you are the perfect angler of the year, in my opinion, and with the perfect season. And you, you earned it, man. Well, thank you. And, and to your point, you know, me and one of my best friends up in East Tennessee, Dave Tudor, when we were in college, we, we watched every episode of Bassmasters on TNN and we watched Denny Brower do that. We watched Mark Davis talk about fishing a fat free shad. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a student of the game. I'm a history, I'm, I'm a fishing history nut. And I was fortunate to be around guys like Tom Mann and, you know, guys like Matt Airy. And, and I've, I know a lot of people in the fishing business that are good at the fishing side of the business. And I, I've learned, I've learned from everybody. Uh, uh, a mentor of mine told me <clears throat> 30 years ago, he said, if you're green, you're growing. If you're ripe, you're rotting. So always be green. And I, have lived, I have lived by that. I always, you know, here I am 55 years old and I learn every day. I'm always learning, you know, and I'm, I'm happy to share what I'm doing on the water because you know, as well as I do, it's fishing the way I was catching them the day on live. And I'm talking about it. You probably can go out there and catch them the same way the next day. And, but it's still, it's something that somebody can apply in their own fishing. Um, and I, you know, there was a, I know there was a lot of eyes on what we did this week in the fishing industry with what's going on out there with, you know, one of the other organizations. So, I made it a point, but I've done it all year, but I really made it a point this week to, you know, I knew I was on live and I knew you guys needed some good content and I really wanted to take a deeper dive. And it was awesome to have my active target too, you know, kind of in the picture too, for you to, instead of just looking at my ass all day, you yeah, actually saw a right. screen That's right. <laughs> and, and I'm talking, and I'm talking about how I'm breaking it down. And, you know, I, I, I know I, one of the four pounders I caught, I made an 80 foot cast of two fish. And I, I think I was on live then. I don't know. I don't think, I don't think we had that. Too, no. But, so, so the way um, the active target works, we can, it, there's a lot of technical stuff that I don't even understand on how we even do it, to be honest, but we can only do yeah. it in certain moments from a production. It, there, everything kind of has to go perfect. If that makes sense. When we're cutting in and out yep. and jumping in and out to anglers. So in that moment, no, we didn't have it up. We had just gone to you, and then you said, oh, hey, there are two, and we didn't have, they had not made the transition to get it up yet. So, no, we did not get that, unfortunately, because it would have been absolutely <laughs> epic. Absolutely epic. Yeah, but I've always been that educational deal. I mean, I've had, th- I've had three guys text me this morning already, hey, I've got our classic at Lanier this weekend. <clears throat> what should I do? Any pointers? And I, I mean, of course I'm going to reply back, zoom, mag, shaky head worm. I mean, that's right. That's right, baby. But, you know, I'm always willing to, to help people and give tips and, you know, it's just, I don't know. I've just always been that way. Well, um, well, I, I certainly, from my standpoint, appreciate it. I, I've always enjoyed talking with you and uh, just a, just a solid individual, man. Let's, I want to, I want to ask you this just because I think there's a lot of, uh, there is a lot of eyeballs on MPFL, and obviously I'm a company man, but uh, but I've also been very critical at times. But your decision to compete on the MPFL last year wasn't taken lightly. You know, I when your name popped up uh, on our roster, and and I believe I talked to Matt Airy about you coming over there and some different things. It meant a lot to me. 
because you are a guy that can you can fish what you want to fish you can compete anywhere you you've fished it all like i said i've said that on live you fished every tournament that i can think of whether it's local or national like you've been around man you've done this you love this sport but why npfl for you if you could sum it up for people at home why is it an organization that that not only did you fish last year but you decided to come back for your second season because you're not obligated right you're not obligated you don't owe any owe them anything but why year two and year three and beyond but uh what was it about the league that i guess drew you in and kept you well, I've known Al McCulloch for a few years now, and I think I was actually the second person to commit for the initial inaugural right. season. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I had I'm... a lot of stuff going on at that time. We still lived in Georgia. Mm-hmm. We had bought we'd re- we had bought sixty five acres up in East Tennessee, and we were planning we're we're building our forever home. Our daughter, oldest daughter, lived an hour from there with our grandson, and our youngest daughter was a senior in high school down here at Collins Hill in Georgia, and. There was just too much going on, and I had to call Al and back out. It's to me, it's always been family first, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, that's why, that's why I'm kind of a late bloomer, I guess, so to speak. You know, got the kids raised, and you know, now I can kind of get out there and and do what I want to do. You know, stress free, um, not worry about you know so much of the family duties because um, my wife and I are empty nesters. But it it was it's all timing. <clears throat> The ownership group at the NPFL is incredible. It's a camaraderie. It's a family. And to all the new anglers coming in, you're going to see exactly what that is from from the first meeting you have to the sixth tournament. I mean, it's a servant mentality they have when it comes to taking care of us. And their motto, Brad's motto, is we're going to take care of everything so you can just go out there and catch them. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. But I also – one of the other things that I really love about the NPFL – is we fish all of the seasons of the year. Yes, man. I love I love fall events. And, you know, the other organizations finish up in August, most of them. And I love – everybody's in the deer woods and those organizations. And I, I love fishing fall events. Yes. I've probably, won, I've probably won more money in the fall than any other time of the year because, I mean, it's not that I don't like spawning tournaments, but they suck. I just – you know, I, I just – I'd rather not do that. And I love our schedule next year because we are not going to have a spawning tournament. We start in January at Logan Martin into that. And I mean, that's going to be a, that's going to be a cold water deal. That's going to be a crankbait chatterbait jig kind of deal. I mean, it's going to be a fun event. Yes, and those, those spotted bass know how to act over there too, but I love the schedule next year and I love fishing in the fall. So it, that's you know, those are the main reasons I decided to come to the NPFL and just, I just love it there. It is a, I've heard so many people say, whether it's a, a guy like you or a guy like John Cox or Patrick Walters that can, again, fish anything they want and have for years, especially John, who has fished every tournament in bass fishing in the last three years. He fishes all of them because uh, he's a psychopath. A lovable. Yeah, he fishes like he fishes like three hundred and sixty-two uh, tournaments. Yeah, it's amazing. I don't even know how he does what he does, but anyways, he does it well. But mainly because he's got a great wife that helps him uh, actually logistically travel from point A to point B because he's exhausted and in the back seat asleep a lot of times uh, while she gets them from point A to point B. Thank goodness. But you know, comments from those guys just about the, like you said the camaraderie. 
it's a community, man. Those guys, all the anglers that have been with us for for all three years, there's just such a feeling about it for 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 most of them. Um, you know, of positivity through the trials and tribulations, roller coaster ride at times. Uh, like I, I think about guys that I talked about on here, but a Stu Martell's been with us since year one. He was on the fence about fishing. Had had a couple tournaments where where we've seen him on camera had some success, but for the most part has not found his groove until this year just made our championship like that does my heart so good and, and the too. hunter bogmans and so many guys but but dude i think about a guy like a quentin capo who fished the elites had a promising career he qualified for the elites which is hard to do doesn't requalify. he invested in us man last year and he had some success he had it, it was it's kind of been up and down and then this year he got locked in a groove he catches our biggest stringer ever at Santee, sets that record, and then goes on to make the championship. Like you said, he had a great event at Lanier, makes the championship. He's a guy that's really his career's revived. But I love that we bring people like Todd Goad, who, if you're in the fishing industry, you know Todd Goad, but we are bringing you to fishing fans. And they they should know Todd Goad. We are bringing a Will Harkins. We did it with a guy like Bryant Smith, who now fishes the Elite Series. Or a David Gaston. We did it with, you know what I mean? Like these names that people are like, or Keith Carson, right? Brandon Perkins. Like there's so many names and I'm probably, Timmy Reams, Gary Atkins. There are so many people in the MPFL that haven't fished other things necessarily that are just stone cold bass catchers okay they just are uh the the talk going into this trail in the first year was oh i don't know anybody bunch of no names blah 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 and it took me about two tournaments to go oh these boys are here to play <laughs> and i'm glad i'm not competing against them and this year was our toughest smallest field yet but by far the toughest toughest year competition wise in my opinion uh, oh a thousand percent and just a little bit about quentin you know, I told him, you know, the water was going to clear up where he was at. I kind of helped him a little bit. But something else I did um, before the first day of the tournament, he called me. He called me on the off day and, and said, hey, do you have an extra prop? He said, I was walking around. Uh, I don't know if he saw it or his dad saw it, but one of his one of his blades was cracked. Oof. And he, he said, I called Patrick and Patrick said, call Todd. I know he's got an extra one. Well, you know, me and preparing and planning, I had, not only did I have a spare tire on the boat trailer, but I had a spare tire in the back of the truck in case I had two flats. I love it. I had, I had a, a spare prop in the boat and I had a spare, another one in the truck. So I gave Quentin the prop that he ran all week to go That's out awesome. there and catch him and, and, you know, make the championship finish in the top 10. So yeah, again, man. that goes to the camaraderie and That's what right. we do out there, just helping each other out. And that exists on a lot of trails, but they also get very cutthroat because I've experienced both sides of that. But I think that you don't hear about the cutthroat in the MPFL as much. You just don't like, I, I talk to so many no, of you anglers all the time and got my ear to the ground. And of course, you know, talking to the ownership group a lot, you don't hear a lot of stories of, well, this guy did blah, blah, blah to this guy. And man, they almost fist fought in the parking lot. And you just don't hear those stories with the MPFL near as much as I have in other leagues and, and things. That's for sure, man. It's no, and, and you, you talked about the competition this year, any of us probably in the top six or seven, at least the top five, if you take the other four out, 
the other one wins by a landslide yeah. this year. I mean, yeah, the, Iowa, fishing, yeah. the competition was that good. I mean, we were fishing for 1,500 points this year. And I don't know. I can probably go ahead and say without a shadow of a doubt, I'll never be able to do this again because I, I was able to get 1,470 out of 1,500 <laughs> points. I mean, and that's, and as, you know, as humble of a person as I am, I mean, it's starting to set in what I, what buddy, I've that's I mean, almost, that's damn near lost, perfect. I never bud. lost a fish all year that matters. I, I made the best decisions all year and, to, to only leave 30 points on the table and it really came down to the final day of the year yeah. here at Lanier to, to decide it was, it makes it even that more special. Oh, man. Is, is, yeah. To is win at Lanier and, and to win against this crew, like you said, yeah. there were so many guys in our top five that top 10, even coming into the event that could have been angler of the year in any trail ever, but you never even had that bomb of like a 20th. <laughs> That's what gets me. It's like, no. even in Angler of the Year, you know, it's like, oh, well, he finished 16th there. He wasn't top 10 in all of them. We've seen great runs. But, dude, you were so – I mean, whew. Uh, dude, that, that stat – and shame on me for not knowing that number, to be honest, and having that prepared. But 1470 out of 1500, almost perfect, Todd Go, We're going to start calling you Perfect Todd, I think, <laughs> next year. <laughs> perfect Todd. Mr. Perfect to go back don't to old w, WWF no, fanboy days. Calling me, calling me Paw Paw. I'll be good with that. <laughs> well, Fat Cat this week, I will say, I don't know if you heard this, but Fat Cat, he did a little smash up. He and I are, uh, we love some wordplay, but he he smashed Todd and Goad, and you became the Toad this week as well when you caught a big uh, a big spot. So he likes Toad. And, and I said, well, is that kind of like Goat, the greatest of all time, the Toad? I don't know. I was trying to I was trying to make that work, but Toad as well came out on live this week. Hey, we get it's a long day in there, Todd. I'm sorry. Some days it's a long day. <laughs> I, it could have been the turd of all, of all time. <laughs> well, with Fat Cat, it could have been. It could be it. with Fat Cat. You never know. <laughs> but you never one know. of my buddies up home, Shane Wolf. I won a tournament up there a couple of years ago, Douglas or Cherokee. I can't remember. I think it was Douglas. And he started calling me the Goadfather. So, <laughs> oh, Goadfather. Guys on the fixed TV crew. I guess, you know, they saw my social media and him commenting on it. So they've been calling me the dang Goadfather all Okay. Week. Well, you better be glad Fat Cat hasn't heard that, but he will now because of this episode of Low Buzz oh. Live, my friend. Well, Todd, dude, listen, I, again, I can't say enough good things about this season i want to congratulate you again i want to thank you for taking time out to do this i'm glad we finally got to do it and i i was going to do this multiple times during the year but as the year kept moving on and it was looking more and more special i either a thought you were going to win one and we would do one of these or we would do it at the end as a wrap because i just felt like you were just having that season that and even then with the feeling I had about it, I didn't think it would be this perfect, to be honest. I, I just incredible man. And just a shout out to you for fishing the MPFL, but for always being kind to me over the years. And and again, man, congratulations to you and your family and go make some room for that gold shield in the Todd Goad, the, the Goad father's trophy room. <laughs> I'm gonna have to make sure I hit a stud out in the shop because this thing weighs like 35 they are pounds. So I don't heavy. want it to fall off the wall. They're so heavy. Uh, I've been thinking about where I'm gonna put it. So I'll send you a picture. Please do, man. Please do. Be safe at home. It's gonna be in a special place. This is this is a year I'll never forget till the day I die. And it's just been a storybook year. Just family, friends, camaraderie. You, fat cat, the league. It's just. 
it's just a it's been a phenomenal phenomenal year and and i can't thank everybody out there enough for all the support you know the fans the sponsors and everybody that's kind of tagged along in my little journey this year no doubt man and and uh make sure if you're listening low lifers make sure you're following pulse fish lures make sure you're following todd goad fishing the goad father ladies and gentlemen todd goad appreciate you brother thank you brother thank you so much Todd Goad, ladies and gentlemen, on Low Budget Live. Almost. Almost perfect season. Almost perfect. Guys, it's fishing. It's fishing. It's bass fishing. You sling ears on props. Your trolling motor goes out. Your graph doesn't work. Somebody's where you want to fish. There are so many stories you hear in every single tournament that throws somebody else's tournament off. Or you got people in the league that they piss and moan about the schedule. It's the schedule. I don't like the schedule. I don't like the schedule. I don't like this. You have people that spend all of their tournament working up to the tournaments and during the tournaments pissing and moaning. We, we've got those, and you've got those in every organization. And then you got a guy like Todd Goad who goes almost perfect. And it doesn't matter whether you put him in a – this year in a mud puddle or at Lake Lanier, a lake he's very familiar with. He didn't complain. Never heard him complain one time about anything the league was doing. Never heard him complain. And he got his job done almost perfect, man. Guy like Patrick Walsh, you didn't hear him complain. Mike Corbisley, Trent Palm, you didn't hear these guys complain. Fantastic seasons. And uh, and I think there's, it, there's, there's a reason for that. And, man, we should all strive to be more like Todd Goad, myself – included as I, I put me in that uh what a positive dude positive impact in bass fishing in the national professional fishing league this year and just in in all bass fishing for the last several years uh i appreciate him taking the time appreciate you guys the low lifers listening even though we a little late we a little late on this monday but i appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in i'm going to take you out with some biloxi blues right now and we will see y'all I don't know. Maybe do we do more shows this week? We might. We might do all kinds of things. I do have a tournament this week. We might do another show this week. I had fun with that last week. Had a lot of fun with that. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. And I'll see y'all after that ABT 100. Hopefully, me and Trey can like actually win 25 grand, take down the Wiggins boys on their home lake, and Jordan Lee and Scott Canterbury and every other freaking hammer in Alabama. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Sweet! I'm leaving those burdens and rails. This highway that does not know my name and I don't care. No, I don't care. Heading my way for another place and I got three good tires and a spare. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there.